Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Ray Penny. Uh, this is another edition of Conversations on New Jersey Education, a, a program designed to give you an opportunity to hear from educational leaders on issues that involve the school. Um, today, we'll be talking about uh, mold in our schools, which has really been a lot more prevalent this year. But for you to participate, all you have to do is dial 1-347-989-8904 and press the number 1-1. 347-989-8904 and then press the number one and Mike who is uh, monitoring our uh, switchboard will uh, get you up on the line and get your name and this, your question or you can log into our chat room and we'll be monitoring our chat room uh, and we'll pass those questions on to our guest uh, and um, and then I, as I pass those questions on he'll give you a question and he'll give you an answer that he can do. So with me, as I said, was uh, will be uh, Tom Peter. Tom is with Insurance Restoration Specialist. He's the Vice President and Owner. Uh, welcome, Tom. Yes, thanks. Good morning. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Very, very well, thank you. Okay, uh, Tom, um, as, I, as I said in the opening, uh, it seems like this year there's been a little bit more mold incidents in school, but before I get to that question, I should say, why don't you introduce what your uh, group is, uh, your your company is, and how it's involved with mold uh, remediation. Yes. Um, my company is Insurance Restoration Specialist, known as IRS, and uh, we've been in business for over 30 years, um, servicing uh, the insurance industry and schools and municipalities for water damage, fire damage, and mold. Um, I'm one of the owners of the company. I'm also a certified industrial hygienist with a background in indoor air quality consulting, but now my role is the contractor, the facility hygiene specialist, and cleanup specialist. Um, what we're going to talk about is what's been going on this year for all this mold cleanup in all these schools and uh, municipal, municipal buildings that we've been seeing in the last two months. Now, is it me, or does it seem like there was an increase this year? Uh, was it because of the weather, or could you explain that to us? If there is Definitely an increase. An, yeah, absolutely there's an increase. Um, every year we do see one or two schools with this situation, and I have seen it in the past where you have some mold in a classroom or a library or a media center or whatnot. Um, this year we're seeing uh, tenfold uh, on the on the amount of claims or the amount of um, cleanup jobs that are out there, and um, it is definitely from the humid months that we've had all summer and rainy rainy conditions, you know. So it's definitely weather related, um, and there's some other factors involved as well. So, what causes the the mold in, in schools? What, what are the primary reasons that it, it occurs? And that, I'm saying schools, I'm sure it holds, the same holds true for other buildings. 
Correct. Yeah, it's really about moisture, and um, if there's no moisture, then there's no mold. But there's always mold spores around, and they're just looking for some place to grow. They need a food source. Uh, it could be wood surface or even dust, and it just needs moisture. And a certain level of moisture will grow certain types of mold, uh, such as um, just having a high humidity in a room will allow mold to grow on that surface. So it's all about moisture control. So um, I have a, a, a question. Uh, I haven't discussed this with you, but is there different types of mold, and are the remediations different for the different types of mold? Um, there are many different types of molds. There's actually probably thousands of different types of mold out molds out there, um, but the remediation procedures are not different. Um, when we see molds. You treat it all the same. You know, we don't care what color it is, what species it is. It's all got to be, especially in dealing with something in a classroom or, you know, right. a, a public building. If you see it, it's got to get cleaned up regardless of what kind it is. Uh, and one final, uh, someone is um, someone told me that in their school they and they just called me yesterday and said, "What's uh, they had airborne mold? Is it what's airborne mold? Is that or is that just something that?" It's always airborne, and it just needs a place to land. Um, it's not always airborne because um, mold grows and releases spores, and these spores are microscopic. A small um, patch of mold can release thousands of spores. So uh, if there's air activity, then it shows indication that there's something going on in that room. But if you have a stagnant air and those spores can settle to the surface and still not have an airborne release, you know, airborne count. So mm. air air sampling and, and visual inspections are important, um, but you can't just rely on air samples or air counts alone. Um, if you see mold, there's mold, and the air samples might not pick it up, or you might pick it up in air samples and might not see the mold, you know, so... It's a part of the investigation process by some companies to do air sampling and visual inspections. So uh, you get a, a phone, uh, you get the call that someone visually sees mold in their school, uh, and, and if you go in, what's the cleanup process, or what's the process that you do before you even start the cleanup? Do you uh, look in other areas, or how does how does it work? Well, we do a visual inspection. We go around with a flashlight and look under tables, look behind cabinets. Uh, we're, we're, we were finding most of this mold conditions were on surfaces of chairs, desks, and primarily wood surfaces. But we did see it on plastics as well. Um, so you're looking at it, all the details of what needs to be cleaned. Are there books and whatnot that need to be cleaned? Do we need to go cleaning inside the cabinets or drawers? Um, but the cleaning process is basically controlling the environment, um, installing HEPA air filtration devices to create an airflow through the room, making sure it's not being released out into the hallway or into other rooms during the cleaning process. And then cleaning the cleaning process is basically HEPA vacuuming as much as you can on any every surface as you can to remove dust and spores. And then hand wiping with a, uh, a disinfectant or detergent uh, to wipe down the surfaces. So it's dust uh, control, containment, and cleaning, yes. You use the term HEPA, uh, and that's an acronym, I assume. What does HEPA Correct. stand for? 
It's a high-efficiency particulate air filter. It, it's, a, it's the only filter that really can capture um, fine particles such as mold spores. You know, so you need to use a high-efficiency vacuum cleaner or high-efficiency air filtration device. And um, so you just can't go up there and someone or a district probably shouldn't just have the janitors come in and just wipe everything clean. So it's a special cleanup when you're involved with mold. Well, some some schools did have their, their staff clean up. They did a pretty good job. Um, if there's just some light spots here and there, that's not a big deal for their own staff to just wipe them down. But they might, might not have the HEPA filtered vacuums. Um, you don't want to vacuum with shop vacs or whatnot. It needs to be a HEPA filtered vacuum. Okay. And um, after you're done cleaning, do you, who do you, uh, do you have to test to make sure that there's no uh, mold in the in the air or in that room? Yes. Um, independent company would come in hired by the school district to do a visual inspection and do air sampling some of them actually do some surface sampling as well and then they determine uh, and look at the counts of the mold counts that are in the room if there was a reduction of mold spores um, and then they compare the, the mold counts to the outdoor levels as well so it's basically an indoor outdoor comparison because we know there's mold outside all the time, and we just want to make sure the rooms are cleaner um, than the outdoor air, basically. Uh, as uh, 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 as districts uh, move through in this process, uh, uh, well, actually, first of all, let me just say, if anyone's listening, uh, they can call one. Uh, Three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four. Press one, uh, and we'll try to get your question on to Mr. Peter, uh, or in the chat room if you just want to pass on a question to Mr. Peter. Please just type it in, and I will make sure that we get it on to Mr. Peter. Um, uh, I've heard that because of the, I think you said it was tenfold uh, increase uh, that. Uh, the the testing portion takes a little bit longer to. To get it done because they're just a little bit more backlog. Is that something that you found? Because you don't do the testing. A separate group does the testing, right? Correct. We don't do the testing. Um, but yeah, the, some some com- some schools had testing done beforehand, um, and yeah, there was a backlog with the laboratories as well because uh, they were overwhelmed with a lot of samples all at once. But when when there's visible mold there in a school. Uh, you can you can still start the cleaning process. Um, we know it needs to be cleaned up. Uh, the testing helps in some regards to identify the situation, but the most important is the the final testing afterwards to making sure that the classrooms were cleaned up properly. And that and that's when you get the the final testing is when you can say it's okay for uh, uh, students and staff to enter that wing of the building or room or whatever it is. Correct. Yes. Um, now, this year, and I'm going to go almost back to the beginning because you know, it increased this year. What are some practices that uh, districts or anyone can do to to uh, prevent mold? Uh, because right. uh, uh, it seems like when people cl- clean their school buildings in the past, and maybe it doesn't matter in the hot, dry summer but they may have cleaned the room, spread everything down, wiped it all down, and closed the doors, uh, and then uh, 
a month later open them up. Uh, so what are some things that they may have to do in the future? Well, yeah, I agree. I, uh, there's um, they, they do clean all the rooms during the summer or early summer, and then they close them up. Well, what do they clean them with? They clean them with water. And so that water could be trapped in the school or just trapped in that one room and creating uh, condensation and enough moisture for mold to grow. So I would say proper ventilation and drying after the cleaning process and then after or during the summer, um, actually ventilating the rooms, but not necessarily overcooling them. I, I've noticed that the rooms that had the most air conditioning or the coldest rooms actually had the most mold. So some rooms have been overchilled, creating um, condensation on the surfaces of desks and, and, and uh, chairs. Um, so we feel that if it's a moderate temperature, not a cold temperature, and some air movement will help prevent this from happening next summer. Um, now, the, actually, this moist weather has continued into the early part of the fall. Uh, do districts need to maybe sometimes if if it's looking to dehumidifiers or something yeah. to that effect uh, yeah, to keep the moisture level yeah. down? Yeah, absolutely. I just had a conversation uh, this morning with the school. Um, they're looking for renting dehumidifiers, but then um, I'm suggesting that they could they should purchase some dehumidifiers um, to control the moisture. In some areas, some schools have moist areas and in one wing and not another wing so so there's different conditions within the school um yeah dehumidifiers are helping i've seen a lot of schools purchase them or or rent them uh on a temporary basis to control this humidity i mean it's hot it was hot and humid up until yesterday um now it's cooling off a little bit and hopefully that's going to help but um it's been a long, hot, humid uh, summer, and it, like you said, into the fall, early fall here. So and keeping so, the classrooms, uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so you need to keep the classrooms dry, because uh, yes. reiterating what you said, the moisture and and ventilated, I guess, is the, correct. Uh, you want a relative so humidity. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, keep going. Low relative humidity, uh, somewhere in the range of 30 to 60 percent. I wanted to put that number out there, um, that making sure they're keeping uh, the relative humidity below 60. Um, ideally, 50 percent is great, you know. Um, so if you have monitors that can, uh, just a temperature relative humidity monitor uh, will tell you um, what's going on in that classroom. If you keep it in that range, you're not going to have a mold problem. And uh, districts uh, might want to, particularly when they go get into the summer months, uh, may want to, uh, you know, communicate to their, you know, uh, to their uh, facility uh, uh, and their janitorial staff, uh, maybe review how they do their cleanups as we go into next year, because, uh, you know, uh, we could have this type of summer again. Right, correct. Um, and w one other thing on terms of the cleanup, how long does the cleanup take? Because I've seen districts been buildings have been closed for sometimes a couple of days, sometimes a, a week. Uh, what's the the why is there a, a difference in the length of time? Well, I've seen so many different situations where um, 
where there was um, one school had one classroom or one school had a whole wing, and it was um, so one classroom can be done in one day almost, but a wing might take uh, several days to do. So there's so many different. I've seen other situations where it was the whole school that needed to be cleaned, and um, that takes uh, at least a week or so in some cases. So it depends on the size of the school, depends on how many contents are in each classroom um, or how many rooms that need to be cleaned and or if any ventilation systems need to be cleaned. So there's so many different variables. Uh, And uh, I probably should get back to the beginning of why uh, you're uh, talking to us about this. You need to have, uh, if you're cleaning up mold, if it's significant, uh, you need to have someone who has a special certification. Um, well, there's, in New Jersey, there's no licensing, um, but there are certifications like national certifications for training workers, uh, training staff. Um, there are certain procedures and guidelines to follow, such as like the EPA has uh, great guidelines online for uh, mold remediation or mold in uh, commercial buildings and schools. This is a great document. You can look at look that up on the EPA website. Um, those are standard procedures for mold cleanup. Um, there are classifications by the state. It's not a license, but uh, the state um, Department of Treasury under the DPMC has a classification for contractors for microbial remediation services. So contractors should have that at least and then um, have proof of training of their uh, workers as supervisors and then um, there's other private organizations from IICRC or RIA that um, have credentials for individual certifications or company certifications. So there's a lot of different certifications out there, but there's no no licensing in New Jersey right now. So. Um, and I know, uh, do you do any work with, uh, I think I read that you sometimes consult with business administrators and others to uh, help train the facility staffs, or do you do other work that's maybe more preventive in nature? Um, I have done, like, workshops in the past for um, insurance people, uh, property managers, and so forth on how to uh, control and clean up uh, mold issues or, or other biohazard issues as well. Um, but that's not my primary role. I do that as a, as a, a service to like a, a, existing clients. Um, but there are consultants out there that do specialized training and so forth for for different groups. Okay, uh, we're getting towards the end. Uh, is there any, um, uh, I guess, recommendations or uh, tips that you would give to uh, school districts as they move forward in this area? Uh, both if they see an incident, how they should proceed, and also the preventive. Kind of a recap of what we discussed. Right. Well, first is visual inspections, looking for anything that looks uh, suspicious. Typically, the mold will grow on a wood surface, so look at those with um, an LED flashlight. It stands out a little bit better. You can see some white spots on wood, and it might be um, signs of microbial growth. Or you can see some dark spots on the backs of chairs or underneath chairs. So basic cleaning can be done by the custodial staff if it's a light amount of mold. Um, 
when it's extensive, then you could bring in a professional, either uh, a consultant um, to oversee and, and investigate, or and or a contractor like myself to to help assist in in the cleanup process. So investigation, um, training your staff to look for these things, and then preventative measures is um, obviously humidity control and air movement to uh, control the mold growth or prevent the mold growth, actually, uh, keeping the temperature at a moderate temperature and the relative humidity in the range of 30 to 60% relative humidity. So that's it in a nutshell. Um, prevention, uh, investigation, and proactive approach. Um, but like I said, on the EPA website, there's a lot of resources there on on how to clean things up, and, and there's uh, preventative measures as well. Okay. Uh, that's bringing us towards the end of the, the podcast. I'd like to thank Tom Peter. Thank you, Tom, from uh, Insurance Restoration uh, uh, Specialist. Uh, Thank you for your information. I think our school districts really uh, needed to know about this. Uh, and I also just want to say one other thing, reiterate what you said in the beginning. This, it wasn't just our imagination. There was a great increase in these incidents over the summer. Yes, absolutely. I was really surprised. I'm still dealing with it right now. <laughs> I had, uh, two more schools call me today. I got a, They have classrooms that need to be cleaned up. So it's still going. So, and you know, it's, still, it's still going, but that's like a month into the school year. So I guess this can occur any time of the more, – more likely it's going to occur in the summer and I guess early fall. But uh, So this can occur almost at, at any time. Anytime there's water or moisture, humidity. That's all the mold needs is some, a little bit of moisture. Okay. Uh, that brings us to the end of the program. Well, And once again, thank you, Tom. Thank you. Pleasure. All right. Okay, and I hope you uh, found this uh, podcast informative. And that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.